it's the proudest day and the proudest time and the, the seat of a relic here because that day and that hour and those minutes I got the butt between my teeth you know I really stood up and was counted and said this is not getting away I remember when we pulled on our helmets and Donald says to me what are we doing I said we're going for gold bar that's all we said I can still picture that run that was just the best best run ever Welcome on to Crunching Gears, the Rally Podcast. And uh, we've a bit of another special again this week, uh, the RAC special. Connor, we spoke about this rally last week. It was an epic event, wasn't it? We did. Look, we, we chatted about it in the podcast and we were glued to it on social media while it was taking place. Uh, cracking, what do you call it, four days of rallying, absolutely excellent. Um, and, uh, you know, it had all the twists, the turns, you know, the plot thickened as, as the event went on. It was great. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And like, we were very fortunate we caught up with the winners of the event, uh, Martin McCormick and Barney Mitchell. And then that will roll into then probably one of the stars of the event, maybe we should say the Stratus, well, you know, Seb Perez and Gary McElhenney as well. And then we catch up with some of the, the crews from this side of the IRC that was over as well too. Uh, we catch up with Robert Woodside, Alan Harriman, Dean Beckett, Brian Jardine, Fenton McGrady, uh, Davy Burns, and Declan Campbell, you know, and they've all got great wee stories to tell, you know, but like, you know, there's no point in us telling you all about it, you know, <laughs> let's, you know, well, here, first of all, we'll hear from Marty, and you can just imagine how that conversation goes. <laughs> Marty, that's four for you and three for Barley. Nice record to have. Very, very nice record to have, yeah. I, I, I think I joke with Barney, I says, you know, you're going to have to catch up here sometimes, you are. <laughs> I'm always saying one ahead, so uh, no, absolutely, absolutely unbelievable. Can't, can't, uh, you know, to, to, to have it four times, you know, frig me, it's tough enough to get it once, but to get it four times, it's, it's just, uh, it's it's something really special. Yeah. I think, Barney, this year there was something, I don't know what magical is maybe a wee bit strong word, but there was something very special about this event this year. Like the interest this was in the build up to this event was just like nothing normal. The, you know, the Solberg and Chris Meek and, you know, the TR7, the Stratus. They, was it, did you just get caught up in all this kind of uh, intrigue before the event even started? Uh, it was a bit, uh, I suppose, <laughs> it's like, I suppose like an, an Olympic year, all the stars showed up. Um, it was a bit, even for the RAC, it was a bit special. And, and we didn't get caught up in the hype, but uh, uh, we, we drove in till Carmarthen, to the showgrounds, you drive along the main road. And uh, you just look to the left as you're, you're looking for the entry into the showgrounds. You just see this sea of vans, trailers, lorries, tire trucks. And, and we drove in through it. And, I, and the guy said to me, I said, Jesus Christ, I says, those two lampers are running number one. And that's like, <laughs> and you do, you're, it's humble, it's humbling. Like, you know, <clears throat> it definitely is. You had to take a wee moment to yourself and think, Jesus, we're going to have to uh, sharpen the pencil here. <laughs> I had to tell him to stop crying there. But like Marty, you know, like you know, getting that number one on the door, like and you know, seeing that entry list of all the stars that was behind you, that like it must be a pinch yourself moment. It was definitely, you know, to have your to have your name, you know, myself and Barney's name and Drippers Town, you know, beside the entry in front of Chris Meekin and Dora, 
and Oliver Solberg and, and, and where he lives. But um Scandinavia Scandinavia. Wherever the ever these taxes, these boys he's, yeah, yeah. he's not badly running anyway. He's not badly running. Uh, but uh you know, it was you know, and, and all those things behind it. You know, you all you know, you and you you know, you just hadn't got you know, and it's very easy to get just you know, starstruck, I suppose, or whatever by by Meek and, and Solberg and 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 the likes of that. But you know, you had all the top heavy hitters from the historic game coming out to play as well. You know, you had Paul Bart, you had Jason Pritchard, you had Hellington. You know, you had anybody there. You know, you had Richard Tuttle there as well, who I actually you know from the form during the year, I thought would be a stronger stronger contender, but. Such as the RAC, you know, it is, it is unique and 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 it's and it's way it plays out. I suppose people can do a lot of preparation during the year, but yet it can unfold very quickly during the RAC, and, and you can see that from even Roger Chilman exiting the first stage with his engine. Um, Chris, you know, obviously the engine problem as well in in, in, in the first day as well, but and, and Pure Paul didn't didn't make it out either. But the th- the thing is. That's one end of it, and you know you see a lot of preparation. But then you look at Richard there, who wasn't as sharp as as definitely I thought. I thought he would have been a real threat, you know. We and and to be fair to Oliver, you know he he was Oliver and Oshin. You know they 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 obviously were, were very strong there at the start, but it's a different game, RIC. You know, and it is a different game, and it's it's hard to prep for it, and I guess it's hard to get it right. But this because there's, there's so many variables in it over such a long period of time. Mm-hmm. I think Barney, I suppose, like yes. It's good having the seat time coming up to the event, but at the same time, you don't want to be burn yourself out before the event because it's such a long event. Ah, uh, well, seat time, uh, seat time helps, boys. I don't, I don't, I don't think you burn yourself out. You can burn yourself out on the event right. by getting too stressed about every little thing. You know, you have to just roll with the punches, and I tell you, we get a fair few punches through us <laughs> over the over the, the over the the five days, but. That's what you have to do. You have to just keep getting back up on the horse and, and not let anything affect you. And sometimes it can wear other people down, you know. And, and you see in the last two days, always there's a wild pile of people just fall. You know, the three days thing you can hang on, but when you get to day four and day five, I tell you, you start to, uh, you start to, <laughs> you know, you could give up yourself very easily. Like, yeah. um, but uh, no, you just you just can't let the small things annoy you. Yeah, and is there any prep you can do for that tiredness or anything? Or is it just you know bore on through it? Aye, <laughs> Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh, guess, I guess, ideally, if you were fitter, it would help. You know, but but yeah, yeah that, it, but it's as much a mental condition as it is a physical condition. Yes, the body's physically drained and 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 it's sore and and it's done. Like you know, what I mean, it's had enough. But mentally, that's where you have to try and hold it together, and and, and that's what's tough, and it is tough mentally to hold to hold that for them five days, as, as Barney said, you know, three days you'll always see everybody holding on well. It's when it comes to four and five, like and and that this rally, especially this year, was was a very heavy five days. You know, it wasn't a Thursday night, couple of stages, and and away you go. It was Thursday morning, and away you went. You know, your forty five stage miles first thing, and it was a difficult forty five stage miles on Friday or on Thursday. Sorry, you know, it, it was actually it was demanding as well, and then. You had the full day Friday, which was Friday was a big day too. I know that Saturday was 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 it Saturday or Sunday was the biggest Sunday was the biggest uh, stage mileage. But such as the nature of Kildare, you know the stages uh, you will knock in a lot of miles. But my God, for for uh, every day was was very difficult. Even Scotland on Saturday, you know it was tricky conditions. There was ice in places. It was slippy. It was just I and it, th- this rally was difficult from start to finish. As Barney says, there's a lot of punches there. 
Yeah, like you know, the weather conditions probably weren't as as, as extreme as what had been in other years, but that maybe even made it maybe more difficult because you know you weren't sort of having to drive to the conditions. Everybody just seemed to want to go like flat out from the start, like you know Chris and uh, Oliver Solberg and all that, and like you can't let them go either too far ahead in case that you know they keep it going for the five days. You see that 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 that's it, and I suppose you know like. Where we were at on Thursday, we were happy enough. Friday, we started to see the guys, you know, with, with the knowledge of the stages on Friday. You know, there's a lot of classic well stages on Friday, Mahern and, and, and the back end of Halfford and things like that. That's sweet lamb. And uh, we definitely started to see the, the, the gap, you know, going, getting bigger there. And um, it was on Friday in the middle of the day, uh, down the back of Halfford, um, we, had a, we had a massive moment. You know, we, we, we turned it up a wee bit just to try and keep them, you know, not let them off at least too much. And uh, we had a massive moment in fourth gear, like a massive moment. And Barney turned around and says, I mean, you know, like that, that's big there. Like, you know, we, we should have been away. And I says, Barney, I says, we're either going to bust her or we're going to put her off. I says, do trying to do this. So I says, we'll just, we'll just do what we do here. And that's, I think that was the defining moment. Came off the boil about myself on Friday night. Too much, really, trying to be too careful. It was the same stage repeated again. But then Saturday, you know, um, we got a better rhythm. And Sunday was, was a beautiful, we had a beautiful rhythm. And Sunday, really happy with the rhythm where we're at, what was happening. Uh, and we knew the game was at a foot then, you know, what, what we had to do, you know. And I guess, on one hand, with Oshin going out on, I think it was Saturday, Oshin, Saturday Oshin went out, we were, uh, I was probably a bit concerned that that might take the pressure of Oliver and he might slow down too much. But here, he, you know, he, he kept pushing the car on enough that, that eventually, you know, he broke a shaft. Like, and that's, that's probably, you know, that's probably just a little bit of less experience in an escort, you know, to be fair to him. Like, you know, mm-hmm. No, I've been driving an escort a long time now, and you understand the limitations. We've all broke shafts before, so you understand you're driving the car as well, not to break a shaft, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, like any of these things, there's always a bit of luck involved as well, you know. And 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 you know, he has to he has to know that. And you know, the, we all seen the video from him on Friday, Oliver on Friday, when he when he had the car 80 degrees to the road. You know, he was lucky to get away with that one. You know, he went and pushed. You know, he he, uh, he went and, and put her over the over the head on, on Monday morning. You know, mm-hmm. so you know, there's always that game at the foot too. That could have happened on that could have happened on Friday morning. You just you know, you just don't know. You have to. I think that's what's important. We we've been doing it that long now. And we have to do what what necessarily works for us. Maybe not works for everybody else, and 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 see where that comes out. And lucky enough, this time it came out with another one. Yeah, because like you know, I remember you said that before the start, it's something along the lines of you know, like Oliver is you know is twenty two years of age. Like you were that soldier, you have to come to this event and serve your apprenticeship almost before you can. You know, it's not the kind of event that you can just go flat out from the word go. That that's right. But then you know, if my, I was twenty two and my first year did it no seven, like you know, but like you look at you look at you know the caliber of what Oliver's coming behind. You know, you know he's been a works driver. You know he's just won the WRC two you know, command like this year. He was in a you know a, a world rally car one last year. You know he's he's done all them things. You know when I was twenty two. I had done, I had done Killarney historics <laughs> a couple of rounds in, in 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 the UK. You know you know it's a different. You know yes, don't get me wrong. And I think that's where the REC is a bit wee bit more unique because you have to carry the vehicle with you as well. You know and um because it's so 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 long. Even if you start off with a brand new car to start, there's still certain things you have to do. Tell, tell, well, I don't know if you have to do, but it's all a game of chance, really, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? But certainly, a, a guys like ourselves that, that understand an escort over many years, um, 
I guess have a better chance of, of getting it finished. But like, don't get me wrong, by no means like there's plenty of bits fell of our car as well. But we were able to between ourselves and the guys on the ground, we were able to keep it going and keep it together. And and, and it was a demanding year. Like some years we go to the REC and we would hardly screw apart in the car. And this year on the Saturday, especially in Scotland, it just seemed to be every time we looked around, we were screwing bits in the car. And you know, like I think it was the top. I think. Oshin was out at that time, but I think the top five cars, apart from Oliver, all bent their steering racks in one place on the stage on Saturday. You know, so we, we Oliver's definitely got a, 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 a knew about it, which I don't think he did, or he's, he, 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 he definitely has a well-sorted car, like, to be fair to him. Like, you, you can all see it clips, like the car's well-sorted. So, um, and that's another thing as well. That's another thing. We, we arrived the same car we arrived with there 15 years ago to do the rally. So, you know, same same front leg, same rear leg. So all them things are starting to move on now. There's a lot of concentration, a lot of effort and a lot of investment from the teams. And you can see that this year shining through you in the cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Barney, yes, Marty mentioned there, like the guys were screwing at the car for the whole time. Like you had a strong team of guys there and that nucleus of that team has been with you right from, you know, 2007 really as well. It's a, it's a fairly uh, heavy duty nucleus. <laughs> we've got Greg, we've got Greg running around non-stop, <laughs> and uh, you know John McKillop, and, and thankfully John Moynihan was fit to join us as well, and and uh, Jake, Niall, Caroline, Jackie. There, you know, there's a crew there, and everybody knows their job. Uh, with no dramas, and and it takes everybody. That's right to do it. Everybody, like everybody, has to play their part in it. And and if somebody doesn't show up to the party, you miss them. You know, right. you, you really, you really do, and it can upset your balance. Like, it. <clears throat> I think we found with this rally the most important thing is you get offside as soon as you can. You don't hang about. You don't try and waste minutes. Every time you get a chance to relax or eat or do something, you take that opportunity <clears throat> because you don't realize until it's too late that you've run yourself down. So it's all about just trying, as Murray says, keep it consistent and keep your own, keep your own head about you and keep your own counsel. You know. Mm-hmm. Because you know, there's no point in trying to please other people, you have to look out for yourself. Oh, absolutely! Like, yeah, I think to be fair, you know, it was hard for us to find a rhythm at the start of the rally, too. But a few wee issues just and and uh, Marty was 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 trying to maybe make up for it a bit, was driving too. You know, like he says, he had a few big moments, but that was just that that wouldn't have happened, Marty, if, if everything was hunky dory, other like you know, no, 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 there was a lot, it wasn't, it wasn't smooth running for us at all this year, no, you, no it wasn't. Uh, and and just on that one you touched on as well, Barney. Like, I think and it seemed to be like on Thursday morning when we got out of bed, there was a there was a there was a there was like one of them episodes of twenty four, and and and, yeah. and and every minute just went ding ding <laughs> ding ding. But it just seemed like you never got a minute. You never got a minute. You were you yet when you could eat. You went to the toilet when you could go to the toilet. You 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 slept when whenever you got to, like I don't think I was ever in bed before one o'clock. You know what I mean? Like it was just I was just do, 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 the whole way until Monday night. And then it was just like, you know, it was even like, it was fairly lit on Monday by the time we even finished relatively, you know, it wasn't an early finish. And as I said to Barney, like out of all the years, it just seemed to be relentless, relentless, I think, for five days. Yeah. Road miles as well. There was a lot more road miles between the stages this year. Just to be, you had maybe a bit more single usage. You had, you know, in the Scottish stages or the even the Kildare stages, you had, you know, Craig, then you had Twigley's Castle or stuff. You, you kept on jumping in from one stage to the other, but this time you could have had a, a two-hour road section between a stage halfway through the day. And that you know, you, you come off the cam, you, you lie down, mm-hmm. and it's very hard to get back up again. And you have to get, you know, it was a bit, I wouldn't say disjointed, but um, it was harder to keep 
to keep up there and keep that thing going, you know, without actually yawning that you can have the start line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose I like it's it, you know, it's going along that road station and relaxing and getting yourself down, but then whenever the countdown starts, you have to be back at the hundred percent ready to go again. Uh, that's right. Uh, it's it is it just wears you down because you have you have chase there as well in this rally. And <clears throat> you're still worried, or I do be anyway, about timing and um using everything efficiently. And and making sure you know like Marty's getting fed and getting like I don't give a shit. Anybody says the man's arms were burning off him two two days in like, so you're trying to you're trying to keep that whole thing right and and you're not going over the top at any time like you know mm-hmm. so yeah. uh, it's just a marathon boys and that's it. And like uh, uh, Marty, we spoke before like this is the one thing like no power steering and like for five days that is tough going. And it, it is it is extremely tough going. It is and. It goes a stage on the Saturday morning where we had a bit of a stone in the inside of a corner and just knocked the oil out of my hand, you know, and I, I, I knocked us just, just over into a bit of a, a ditch. Like, and I was just like, you know, that never happened to me before, but it literally just trying to hold on to that wheel for them five days, you know, and, and, and be with it all the time. It is. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm 38 now, and, you know, people say, oh, you're still young, or whatever. I, but I'm still, I'm not, uh, I'm 15 years older or 16 years older than the first time I was there, you know, and um, I'm not out, I'm not out with a shovel in my hand every day anymore. So, you know, that's that, you know, and then I'm going to the gym with the gym's cafe and, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the McDonald's M in the middle of the gym. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, um, uh, no, but you do, you do, you do notice it. And it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, and I think as well this year, there was a lot of longer stages will come to, the, you know, the big one, but, you know, even a lot of stages, where maybe in other years it may have been eight, ten miles. Suddenly now they're fifteen to eighteen mile stages as well too, and like that that must be difficult to keep the concentration going for that long as well. It is especially. I think that's what probably happened me on 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 Friday night as well when we lost a minute to the guys on the on the um on the stage down through uh, the half and sweet lamb, half and sweet lamb. That's the one, yeah. yeah. You know, I just came off the cam and it just at me, at away at me the whole way through the stage. I couldn't get back in the cam. And then when you're not there and trying, you're pushing yourself to try and get there. You're, but you're not in that sweet spot, so you, you just have to wait till you get to end the stage. And unfortunately, we dropped a minute, but yet on the next stage we're fine. You know, mm-hmm. so it's all them things there are are you know, and and you can give you can drive for a road section, do all them things. You give yourself a shake and you say, right, you know, open your eyes wide and say, all right, I'm ready to go. But next thing you get to the first corner, like even on, on Saturday morning or Monday morning, wasn't it? Was no, it Sunday morning. Sunday morning, everybody had it nice on the first corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was unreal, like you know, and, and that's just. But, but this year was a lot more consistent. I guess that before uh, you know uh, uh, Oliver did retire on the on the on the Sunday, like you know, I was hoping for a bit of fog on Saturday night, you know, to try and see what, what way it was going to go down then in the fog, you know, because mm-hmm. that, that throws a good mix into it for everybody. But um, that that didn't come this year. But we did get we did get patches of ice down even on the Sunday night, wasn't it, Barney? Or Sunday night, wasn't it? There was ice on the stage. The Saturday, the Saturday morning, there was you were expecting a was the first stage. You were expecting it to be just ice because it's wide open, you know, and, right. and there was no ice on it. So and then, but the next stage, whatever it was, no, Dalbidi was the next stage. Then the one after that, whatever it was, uh, that's right. That was ice everywhere, uh, and it was pure. It was lethal. Like it was yeah. putting a stud on it. No. The boy, actually, the spectators come to us in the service and said they watched us in some part. And he says, "He says we fell there. He says we couldn't have stood on it." That's right. You know they were laughing at how hard you come in that like. That's the fear, just, or the, the unknown. I suppose you'd, yeah. if you knew there was ice there, you'd probably have backed off. But if you didn't know it was there. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You just have to deal with it. You know. Yeah. Uh, no, mm-hmm. no gravel cruise, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> 
but like uh, this year, like the way of you know Sunday, you know Oliver goes off. Suddenly you're in the lead. To, you know going into Monday morning, is there a change of mindset or you know this guy is only like four minutes behind? He's going to be going for it. And this, you know, was that the first stage? Do you put a push on to keep him at bay or? You know, what's the thoughts going into that then? Well, at the end of the day, he was what? What was he, five minutes ahead of us or something when he retired? And that took him four days to build that up. And it took us, you know, it took us a bad stage on Friday evening and the goal got stuck in the heads on Saturday. So there's two minutes right away. So you mm-hmm. knock it down to three minutes over four days. So you say to yourself, well, that's not going to happen. Like, So we changed nothing. We right. did nothing different. Stay in the rhythm because, Kevin, you come off the rhythm and then you're worried, and, and Kildare especially, you're worried about the car, get the car in the wrong side of the road. If you're not in the camber, if you're not putting the car in where you should be, you're getting the loose stuff. There's all them things. So you have to keep yourself on a steady rhythm. Plus, like I remember one one, one time halfway through the big stage thinking, I need to go to the toilet. And I was thinking, man, would you, would you need to speed up a bit here? Like, because <laughs> thinking that the middle of the stage, like, you know what I mean? So then so I had to bring the rhythm back up again, you know, because you're trying to, you're trying to, it was actually a wee bit of a slower section and you're trying to pick the middle of the road not to get any punchers, etc. But then once it opened out into a bit of faster stuff and then you got more committed then. So you, you've got a certain, a certain, Game to stay down, and I guess that's what we had. Yes, you know, you know, you know, you're in the position now where you're leading the rally by four minutes or something. So sure to lose. So you do them things that you know that that, and we're lucky enough. You know, we're very fortunate. We've been in that position before in the RAC, so it's not our first time being there. So you you, you don't panic about it. I guess you know, mm-hmm. you're still with yeah, it. Funny, that's what I was just going to say. We learned, we learned, 2017. Jason broke a half shaft. That's right. Uh, on the on the Sunday evening, and and I remember us driving by him. And we nearly stopped because we wanted to commiserate with them, you know. But them, them next two stages, we just went to jelly. Aye. It just because you couldn't get your head around it. Right now, we're leading. What do we do? Do we go on? Do you go easy? And then there was ice in the next stage, nearly put it off in the next stage. And like, you know, I, you know, we just we just went to the wobblers. Just we're, we're lucky. Like, and, but mm-hmm. like the minute we went by Oliver this time, when Oliver was blocking the stage. Um, so we had a reverse back. And as he says, Marty, there's a gap up there to the right. Try it anyway, because the stage is blocked. So if we got stopped as well, it wasn't our fault, if you know what I mean, technically. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you get a notion of time. So we've done it anyway. And <clears throat> I remember the next part of the stage was a 250, Marty, down the hill. Uh-huh. And uh, and I says to you, you all right? And I knew by the sound in your voice, you just as nice as if you were just by the centre reading at mass. You just says, yep, grand. And I knew uh-huh. we were all right. Uh-huh. But you know, a winning years ago, that would have been... Oh, been what what do you say? What do you say? You know, uh-huh. just... Different, different, just a whole different mentality now, and, and uh, you knew what you had to do, like so. Uh, and uh, no, I just that's kind of that. sort of goes back to what you said earlier, Marty. Like you have experience that money can't buy. Yeah, yeah. But I'm first. You know, money, money did buy it. Adrian Hellington's got a great saying about that. You should ask him something. <laughs> Right. Hell of a lot of money to get this experience, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, he tells it. He tells it really well. Though. You get him sometime. I must tell him to tell you. But anyway, that's for another story. Might need a beeper. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. But then, then you know, going into that, you know, thirty-eight mile now or thirty-eight mile last stage, like that is a bushwhacker, a Lakeland rally. That's a day's rally in, in one stage. Like you said in the middle of, you know, it's going through your head, I have to go to the toilet. Like, how do you keep the concentration levels up for so long? Well, it was kind of funny because, you know, yes, it's not, you know, and I guess going into it is a bit daunting because, you know, you're leading the rally and it's up to you to get a punch or whatever. And uh, I remember at the start of the stage, I just wanted to get it done. 
at this stage because we knew a half a service before. And I remember just thinking, Let's, we just need to get this done. Let's get at it. And uh, I remember the start of the stage, they were they were giving us a time and then they weren't sure if they were going to go in that time. And then they were standing at the door and they were handing Barney a time. And the next thing they went, right, go. And, and Barney says to me, he's only giving us 20 seconds here. I says, slam the fucking door, let's go. Ah, let's go. <laughs> and that's why I just pulled her in the gear and took her off. <laughs> Let's get out of here. I, I, I was just once I got into the stage, I was grand. I was grand, hundred percent. And you just go because you've got Ponder Shaw, you've got that other stage after it. Uh, you know, we turned off a, a slippy section, and and you sl- we I slowed away down the snail's pace, but I was like so slippy that we actually it actually ended up in a second. I'm actually doing the right speed here. For, for it was a new bit of that for us to using. I was like a two and a half three mile loop, and uh, then you turn back right onto the, the main drag again. The next thing you know, you were doing. Night, you know, your fifth gear doing 9,000 RPM, flying along the ones and twos and all that, and a nice rhythm going on and enjoying it. And you just and you just say, and then the next thing you got to the end of that stage, and you see the end of that stage and the start line again. And the next thing you see the start of the next stage, because a couple of miles to the start of the next stage, you see that again. You say, we're on the last one now, you know what I mean? And and that's why you just you just broke it down into them sections. And, mm-hmm. and and the next thing you know, Barney was saying, there's 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 the finish line, you know, and it was just. And 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 that's I think when you're settled in and ready for it, and the fact that we'd done it that morning in three stages was was a massive help, you know. Right. Yes. You know, and we got sunk into a rhythm, and I actually enjoyed the last stage once once mm. once I got started. Mm-hmm. Getting started, then away we went. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose partly it's more the thought of it rather than the actual doing it. Then really, is it? The only the only real concern I think I had building up to it, but it wasn't concentration or any of them things. Um, uh, it was going to be tire wear. It was on everybody's head was the tire wear thing. So we'll yeah. figure that out in the morning. We had our options with A, B, and C, you know, whatever we were there was all sorts of dramatic options if we needed them, like but um here we never marked them. 39 mile boys, and they are out of all the stages we done in that rally, 30, but I don't know, whatever it was, the last stage was 39 mile and the tires are something brand new in the back of her. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and it just shows that Murray was fit to just rein the thing in and carry the speed with no slipping or sliding, you know, as he says into the tighter stuff. Backed it away off, up to the fast stuff. Let her sail on, you know. It was, yeah, uh, you know, it was. Uh, hey, it was no dramas. <laughs> Jesus, of all the stages we done that week, uh, um, that was the only one we didn't have dramas on. Yeah, all stop. Like it was, it was here. And then I tell you one thing, boys, and, and I only got a wee glimpse of it, but I think you've seen it all, Marty. The last maybe two, three mile of the stage, the the marshals and spectators are all clapping you. Yeah, and I tell you now, boys, that put the hairs in the back of your neck. Ah. just uh, uh, it's something very you wouldn't see it in rallying too often maybe in Europe some of them things you know the, on a road section they'd clap you under the finish you know but mm-hmm. um, on a stage for everybody standing out clapping you ah. oh just fucking uh, it was very but the whole event was so special from the start ah. line to Camarthen was unbelievable there yeah. was more people there than there has been in any rally I've ever been at in my life mm-hmm. you know and there's us two so and so sitting sitting <laughs> What, what are we, Marty? Two pricks. A spouting inspector, and what are you? Oh, a road sweeper. That's what we named ourselves. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a bit of an ongoing thing with it, with it, with it, with the with the Matt Cotton and them, as you know, they never know what's going to come out of our mouths. Like no, that's right. probably, that, that keeps you going for the five yeah. days, having the you know, right. winding the boys up and whatever, like and. and uh, we always come up with a new employment. That's right. I, I, my name's Bernard. Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> but now that you mentioned Matt and like Paul and Bex and all that, I don't know where you've had a chance to look back at the coverage over, you know, since, but it was exceptional. You know, like this, this has really raised the bar. 
like the live feed, the stage ends. Like, there were some stages, they had two locations in it, like an, and a drone, and then cutting to the, the, the finish of the stage. Like, this, it was class, it really was, for anybody sitting, like myself sitting at home watching it, it was probably better than being there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, and that's the thing, there's people coming up, coming up to you that, that never watched rally, that are watching rally because of the coverage and because of the, the whole hype behind the whole thing. And then because I think because you had the whole build up, you had the big testing session. Go, go, there was more testing on going to Monte Carlo, you know what I mean? Yeah. And because I think you get all that hype beforehand. And then when the rally started, there was so much to back it up. There was so much information. There was so much coverage. There was the talking to the guys in the stage, the live streams, and it just kept the interest, you know, at, at, at boiling point. And like so many people have said to me, I watched it over the five days, you know, I didn't want to do it myself and it was over, you know, one of them ones watching mm-hmm. Netflix series. <laughs> I- yeah, like it's not often I get rally blues, but like I, on the Tuesday after, I was like, oh. <laughs> I, you want to be where I was? <laughs> but Barney, I suppose like another thing we should mention too is like, Ireland is renowned for being tarmac guys, you know. But like the Irish went over, and I think who come up with the, the phrase they were not here to take part, uh, we're here to take over, you know. And the uh, McGregor, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, Liam Moynihan, boys, that'll go down. Yeah. That'll go down. Has to Liam oh. Moynihan's interview with the with the end of it. Hey, uh-huh. oh, Jesus, he shot him down. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he gave him both barns. Hey, whatever yes. he said. But, but Come on, Liam. I'm still laughing when we seen that after. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. He says, I looked on Friday that Marty was, wasn't going to want it or something. Just, eh? But who's here now? Who's here now? <laughs> <laughs> sure. uh, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> oh, it's uh, funny, the same thing. I, I had friends at home that haven't watched a rally in 20 years, boys, and they were on saying, watched it all weekend. Couldn't believe mm-hmm. it. Brilliant. Um, they definitely... And I think there's something about that rally that's not a sanitized three stages in service or, three, you know, say about rigmarole and, and people could dip in and out of it. There was something going on in the evening that didn't stop at half three or four o'clock. And, um, the, you know, it's just that's the appeal of the rally, boys. It's special. From, mm-hmm. from as Marty says, that start line, there was, I think there must have been 20,000 people standing the whole of Kermarth and right up along the high street. And, like, and, and that was a Wednesday night. Like you know, people uh-huh. had to make the effort to go out there and do that. Like it wasn't that they were out for uh, out on a Friday night and they'll we'll go and have a look and see. This was they yeah. made the effort yeah. to go and do that. You know. So. Yeah, they had till uh, they had to close the next road, didn't they? Uh, that's right. They had to close the whole road. Had to close the whole road. Yeah, it was unreal. I mean, Kevin, it was. I took my breath away. Uh-huh. It was unbelievable. The crowds that were right there on Kamath at the start, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And I think Barney had it right there by saying it's, it's not a sanitised rally. You know, it's not. You know, you come down the stage, people are talking, they're, they're, they're speaking their mind, you know what I mean? Like the, the normal people in normal cars, you know what I mean? It's it's not it's not this corporate sanitized, you know, professional sportsman thing, you know, yeah. okay, there's a few of them hanging around, but even they're in a position where they can relax a bit more, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what gets people, maybe because it's raw and real in a certain way, you know, maybe I'm wrong saying that, but that's how I think it feels to people that they can connect with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even even Oliver, like, um, he was messaging me on the was Tuesday, and uh, he couldn't, you know, get over how much crack and banter there was. And he, he sort of, he warmed until it, you, you could see where them lads would sort of be standoffish a wee bit, you know. Um, like, poor Chris never got into it at all. And he was mad for that bit of it. Like, yeah. Chris just didn't get the chance, you know. Um, but Oliver was sort of standoffish at the start. And we started to wind him up about a few old things and having the crack on him. And, and, and then, you know, we still, like he said at the end of it, he says, oh, I loved it. He says, no matter about not finishing. He says, the crack he had with everybody... He says, you just don't get that in the WRC. Yeah. He says, everybody's out talking to everybody. And 
you would ask them who's, you know, say, oh, you on a set of sixes in that stage? I was, I, oh, we were in eights. There was no oil bullshit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, it, I definitely, uh, he, he, he learned what, how would you put it? He's been a professional from he started, but he learned what clubman rallying, national rallying was about to think in that event. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I think it'll help him maybe in his future just thinking back about how you enjoy a rally and it's not just all about results like you know I could it probably you know it's probably if you get to a certain level you probably nearly forget the joy that rallying brought you at the start to get you involved that's right yeah it's too much of a business too much of a job mm-hmm. it becomes it becomes work almost then. Right. Uh, yeah mm-hmm. uh, another special part of the event was I suppose the camaraderie between all these boys as well too and like the, the Irish this year it was something special the the effort that was put in from this side of the Irish sea Barney, maybe you'll take that one. I was. Um, we're aware of all the lads and we're all friendly and, and we've all rallied together this good way, you know, um, back and forwards. And we're, I suppose I was sort of personally a wee bit, uh, not disappointed, but how would you put it, weary that the, the seedings, I thought the lads should have been a bit further up, you know, but then sure, everybody always thinks they should be further up. But um, as, as the rally went on, they not got me. reseated, reseated. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, Got closer to us, so then in between the stages, you were you were having the crack with each other, and, and uh, as the rally went on, hey, we went over the finish line, and, and to have you know, Callahan and, and even Jason Pritchard, now you know, great rivals and great friends with Jason and Phil too, and, and Barry McKenna, I says like the Terminator, he just keeps coming, oh, you know, you knock lumps out of him, but he still keeps coming at you, like, and uh, the rest of them, you know, Vivian got finished, had a good result too, and, and I think Adrian was unlucky in the ice, just got, got caught out on that that. That first corner in Kershop, and but uh, ah, just it's it's great to see the the Irish lads coming and enjoying it and showing everybody else how we enjoy our rallying. Sometimes people can get very serious at them rallies, and mm-hmm. us boys don't. <laughs> we all seem to we're just a big pile of galoots. <laughs> yeah. And like Marty, you know, Kevin McCord only second rally in gravel and the, the BDG as well too. Like that's <laughs> that has to be something that you know has to be celebrated as well. Very, very, very well done to Cahan, like, you know, to do that. Him and Liam, you know, kept their heads, kept the game good. They went in with a plan and they stuck to the plan and should have got reward for second overall. I have to say, very, very well driven for them two lads. Mm-hmm. And as 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 Barney touched on there, like, at the start of the rally, we were up the, up the front and all the, you know, most of the guys were behind us a good bit and we felt like we were nearly missing out, you know what I mean? <laughs> we're, we're, we're nearly going to hang around with the guys to come up the road, you know? But as the rally went on, the crack got better nearly for us when, when everybody got clubbed together a bit better. So it was like, I think it was the Saturday night, wasn't it? Barney Mall ended up, we were, no, it was the Friday, no, it was the Thursday night, was it? We we ended up running behind on the road. And we were, oh, no, no, that was that was Saturday. That was Scotland. And Scotland, wasn't it? I went down stuff the car. I, we pulled uh-huh. in on Saturday night and, and, and when we village before the last days and the crack was mighty. Like, and then missing uh-huh. about and I, it was just, I, all you were missing was the bar. Like. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which is a good thing. You'd have used up all your litmus very handy there. Eh? <laughs> 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 no, but it is. They're all, and, and, you know, we're all fit to, Jesus, we needed it. Everybody needed spare parts. Yeah. And, and that's still a good thing about that rally there that the, you can work at your car at night and everybody was giving everybody a hand at night and, and we needed it. Uh, Barry needed it. Yeah. Cam, Cam's all right, he just needed washed. <laughs> uh, you know, but all the rest of them, but everybody knew what everybody's predicament was and if there was anything needed, the high boys, get it, get it, tell them. Uh, it's in the back of the van there, pull it out uh, there if you need it. Sort it out later, like, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's, I th- you know, it's a while, 
we get over that finish line, there, there's a wild sigh of relief, but there's also, you look over at the other people and you say, that was special, boys. I'm glad I shared it with you. That's right. You know, glad we're all part of it. And, and I think we'll always look back on it in years to come. It's, it's like the Vietnam vets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, only we'll understand. <laughs> There'll be a special nod between you. <laughs> ah, that's right. Is, is that me just... Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, definitely there's just uh, that's what that event brings is just that uh, uh, just that special thing boys you can't put your finger on it one of the stars of the of the event was the Stratus and the two guys in the Stratus was Seb Perez and Gary McLean Seb like got wrenching to retire like within sight of the finish almost but like what can we say what a rally you sort of having up to that point yeah to be honest it was it was incredibly sad but sort of Actually, seeing the amount of people that were out and and everything that was going on on the event, it was it was really nice actually, and and it sort of made it a little bit better. I'll be completely honest, and all the 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 messages and stuff on social media, sort of post RAC, has just been ridiculous. I mean, my phone hasn't stopped stopped buzzing and and ringing and all the rest of it since since the rally. So that that side of it's been really nice, and the support we've had has been incredible. Sort of, I was a bit unaware of it to be honest in the rally, and everyone was saying, "Oh, the attention at Stratos has been incredible." Never really realised, and then you come away from something, you got a bit of time to look at things, and you're just absolutely inundated with with videos and messages and stuff. So it was, yeah, it was really sad, but equally we brought a lot of joy to a lot of people as well. So um, that was that was nice as well. That's for sure. That's for sure. And Gary, from your own point of view, you know, we spoke a, a few weeks ago, and he said that the, on the the previous rally he's done in the car, oh, this car, you know, the handling's not right, no. But like Dan Sport and the guys put in an awful lot of work and transformed the car. I think it's fair to say. Definitely transformed the car. Uh, done a test. Uh, Seb was up maybe two weeks before the RIC, mm-hmm. and um, made a lot of adjustments and changes. And compared to the molten stages. I couldn't believe the difference in the car, actually. Um, you know, Andy Brown and, and, and Dan Sport and Ben and the guys there, Dan, uh, were as interested in is this car doing well in RAC as Seb and I were. So they really got behind it and uh, put in the manners and really got it really got it good. Now, it's still, it's still really, really unpredictable. It's still really nervous. It's hard work to drive. But compared to Malton, Charles, like we're twentieth or something in the Malton, I think you know what I mean, and we we thought we were <laughs> driving our best, but the RAC obviously um, um, we were on the pace there, so it was, it was much better. Yeah, like and Seb, like it's, it's not with a, a Stratus, you can't go and ring somebody and say, you know, what's the ideal settings for this car? Like it is, like you just have to do it all yourself. All this development is all in house. Yeah, all in house. So I mean, there was to be fair, there was there was quite a lot of sort of existing development from when my dad run it in the sort of in sort of pre 2000 up to sort of 2018 um and and quite a bit of that was on gravel so we had quite a good understanding of a lot of the the sort of the weak points on the car and sort of sort of the general problems and traits with it um so when we sort of went back to sort of the gravel setup from obviously it was in full time at trim when we won out in Italy so there was a lot of work to be done, A, to put it into gravel trim, and then we went and did the test. And it was a funny one because we drove, we ran it on the test, and we were like, this thing's really good. Like, this is really, really good. But it was dry, sweet lamb, you know, sort of long, progressive corners, few switching places, and it, it was fantastic. And then we went to Moulton, and the thing's trying to kill you. 
it was like a different car. And I think the problem is because it's so short, you make a very small change into short, shorter terms of wheelbase, you make a very small change, it makes a really big difference. So we went to Moulton, the thing was trying to kill Gary and I. There's a few funny videos on YouTube of it swapping ends over bumps and all sorts of stuff. But um, we ended up on a test and um, put a lot of time into the car. We were literally there all day. There was a storm um, literally in the area, like 70 mile an hour winds, a torrential rain, like the worst conditions you could possibly have. And we got it handling about right in that. So we thought, if it's okay in this, let's just pray it's going to be dry for the RAC. <laughs> So, um, fortunately, it was it was it was sort of good conditions, but yeah, fair play to the boys. Like we we put some real work into the car, and then yeah, obviously it it came out good in the end. For sure, for sure. And like Gary, like the build up to this event, like the RAC has become more and more popular over the last few years. But like this year, you know, with Chris Beek taking part, and like Oliver Solberg, and then all the usual kind of characters and all there too, like it really seemed to really capture the imagination of the, the rally. Or, you know, uh, community, but also the wider population as well. Well, definitely. Well, I think the Solberg thing was huge for the rally, and the meat thing as well was huge. But I suppose the problem with the meat thing it, it ended too quick. You know, there's only really they got a day out of meat really and attention. But Solberg leading the rally and continuing to lead it for the, for the few days brought a lot of attention to it. And I think you know people say the Stratos is the star of the rally, but People haven't seen this car since Steve uh, had it in Ypres and had the fire that time. So they seem to all be looking forward to seeing it. And uh, that obviously brought a load of attention. But definitely the RAC got a good entry this year, uh, as opposed to maybe ever got. You know what I mean? If two WRC stars there, Beek and Solberg, it's going to bring a lot of attention. So, um there's a lot of hype. There's a lot of buzz. The crowds were huge. You know, even this year, seven I done it two years ago, and I didn't really know if I knew anybody over there spectating. But this year, you know, there's a lot of guys that I knew were over were sending me Snapchats and stuff out watching the stages. So it's it's definitely growing in popularity even more. For sure, for sure. And the the Wednesday night in Carmarthen, Seb was I don't know. It's like something that like a real throwback to the RAC days of old. Yeah, it was really impressive. It was quite funny, actually. We were sort of at the start, like pre-start in the holding area, and we are sort of stood around chatting. There's a lot of people moving around, and then we sort of rolled down to the ramp, there's a lot of people, and then someone came in the door and said, there is a hell of a lot of, a hell of, a lot of people here, just to warn you. And we're like, all oh, right, yeah, like it, yeah, it looks busy, but it's a little town. Well, we pulled out the start ramp, and all you could see was people. Like, you, you couldn't see the road or anything. And then a marshal sort of walked us, like, 150 metres up the road, because we just simply were just, like, completely surrounded by people. It was just absolutely incredible. And, I mean, you don't, you do well to see that on a World Championship event now. And and I think it really goes to show, A, the spike in historic rallying, the hype that's gone right into the RAC as well. And even on the stages in Wales, like, the people... You've never seen anything like it. Obviously, Walters is great because everyone can get into it, but the people everywhere and stuff, it really made the really made the rally. Obviously, the driver lineup, there's a few interesting cars, obviously ourselves, Chris Ingram in the TR as well. So mm-hmm. I think that helps in the live coverage as well. I think all of that really brought it to life. I mean, we, we always say that rallying is like um, motorsport's best kept secret. Sure. And that I think the live coverage really helped in just sort of bringing that to people. I mean, we've got friends at home that are sort of into motorsport, but don't really follow it much. And they were following every day. And yeah, it was really nice to see that, you know, a wider audience could, could sort of get into the sport. 
Yeah, and it was lovely to see, you know, yourself and your dad on the BBC News and the lead up to the event as well too. Like, it's fantastic to see rallying on mainstream media for the right reasons as well, because too often than not, it's always because there's a tragedy or something, you know, like that. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, we we there's a there should have been a three shires rally literally in Sheffield, like half an hour from where we live, and that should have run in December, and that got cancelled due to a PR problems. So, and that made typical thing made BBC news of you know someone's not happy with the with the event going ahead and stuff, and and actually to bring some news of motorsport that was positive and and had a great outcome as well. We actually had like a minute feature um monday night i think as well um sort of saying like what happened in the event and stuff or where we were until until the problem so yeah really nice to see bbc getting involved and yeah it's hopefully that's more to come and maybe we'll see more of it in the future excellent yeah that would be great and like gary you know we talked you know the the, the wheel stages you know like the names are like RAC, you know, like well, network Q kind of stages or whatever. But once you went further up Scotland and then into Kielder and all, like those are names back from you know, whenever I was growing up, like in the eighties and all that. There, they those were the terrifying stages that you know the killer Kielder and you know all those Scottish stages A or and all that. There, like are they as epic as what we hear? Uh, they are, they are. Scotland was tough on us, really tough on the Stratus. You know, she's she's a fragile machine and she really let us know she was in Scotland because we had loads, loads of drama, loads of mechanical things that was uh, letting us down and uh, just, just the conditions were tough up there for her. Wales was good to us. Um, you know, Key and my hair and half and all them, them were really good stages. Uh, but I suppose when you get into stages like Pondershaw, like whatever we were children watching Colin Gray in a '95, that's a you know when you hear names like Pondershaw, you just think, oh, that was the that was the stages of the RAC back in the day, and uh, it was really cool to get doing them stages, really cool. But um, uh, it was hard in our gear now. Still enjoyable, like don't get me wrong, it was cool to be there. Keeler's a serious complex, like it's unbelievable. The forest roads are named. Cool. Yeah. And like you said, probably your biggest fan of all these people that, you know, were following the, your dad, you know, like he was, I think, everywhere. Like <laughs> every time you logged on to social media, he was putting up a post, you know, and it, it was warts and all. Like if the car was having problems, you know, he put it out there. If the things was going great, he put it out there. And like, yeah. he just seemed to be. He was as getting carried along with this wave of euphoria as much as anybody. Yeah, it's quite funny actually. He he really enjoyed it, and he was actually going to do the event anyway. Originally, he was going to do it either in uh, the Escort or the Porsche, and just go out and enjoy it and and do it. And then sort of things come around, and we saw that we there was a lot of work to be had on the Stratos. So he he sort of pulled out and looked, let's let's focus on the Stratos and get that get that going. And um, so yeah, he pulled out, and then I think actually he enjoyed doing it more. Uh, sort of spectating and being involved, sort of with the team, than and watching me, than than he would have been doing it himself. He said if he was just doing it himself, he'd be he'd be looking at what was going on with me anyway. So he's funny. He was at he was at all the service points, end of stage, waiting to tell me times and stuff. Watching the live stream like behind Matt doing the live stream to find out times, and then if if we didn't see him, he'd WhatsApp and through him stuff. So yeah, it was really nice just having him having him there and involved. And um, I think the uh, yeah the car. It it definitely steals hearts, and it's it's 
it's something that sort of gets under you, your skin and you sort of don't quite appreciate it sometimes. And, you know, I've been very lucky to be immersed in it all the time and, and be heavily involved with the car from a really young age. And you sort of get used to being with it. And then you get to an event like the RAC and you see the amount of people and the messages and how much of a thing it means to be seen and out and competing is is really special and and that that moment of actually oh yeah with the stratos you sort of don't think about it too much sometimes <laughs> and then you realize actually how iconic that car is and was yeah um it's really special yeah and like that engine my god <laughs> what can we say the noise the revs oh it's it's like no other yeah, it's not. Unfortunately, it is like no other. Um, that twenty-four valve engine. I think there, there's there's two of them with that with that particular engine competing at the moment. So, very special car, but it's a pig to drive. That <laughs> it's a it's a tarmac race engine, so it's all really cam cami. All the powers at the top end. It's still producing power on the limiter. So, you watch the videos and the things like bouncing off the limiter in places. But that's the only way to drive the car. You've really got to wring its neck, and that definitely adds to the challenge of driving the thing. It's 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 tough to drive anyway, and then you get in get in it, and it's you've got no torque, so you're just revving it and revving it and revving it to try and get some power out of the thing. And then, yeah, it's it's a real challenge. Fourth and fifth are too tall. You know, I got into fifth about three times on the whole rally. <laughs> so yeah, we, we were sort of compromising a bit anyway, but yeah, it was a it's a special thing nonetheless. Yeah. So Gary, all that revving wasn't just showing off then. <laughs> Wasn't it going off now? But you put the theme there. But like, if there's an example of an enthusiastic dad that wants to see his son and his car doing well, it's Steve Perez. He put in so much effort for us this week in that car to make sure the car was right. And I think that's half the reason he pulled out the rally himself. He was just so keen for us to do well, and you know, just to be just to be there, to be on it, and keep everybody enthused. And as Seb said, like it's at the end stages. Every time we, we had mechanical drama, he was there videoing it. And that's one thing about him. He just put out, if we had problems, he just put it out there. He didn't hide anything. Um, you know, we had loads of stuff going wrong. And he was he was there just, uh, I think he was Facebook Live in one time that they had the gearbox half apart and all. And I, we didn't even know that until that night uh, when Dan said, like, oh, we're live on the internet trying to find that. So, um, but the noise, the noise of it is the one that's, that people just, all the videos that people send you, the, the video goes on for maybe 15 seconds before you actually see the car. You know, sometimes you end up just scrolling on but yourself to see the car in action, the noise of it. The, the one question everybody asks, Seb and I, for the, you know, how bad is it inside? You know, how do you hear inside this car? It's not actually too bad inside. The noise all seems to go out the rear end of it in, in, in the cockpit. Yes, you can hear it, but... It's not as bad as everybody thinks it is inside. Or as good. It doesn't sound like it does on the videos in the car. That's Especially when you've got some Irish bloke screaming at you to slow down. <laughs> That's just the roof section, does it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you should wait till you hear the stages. <laughs> Easy, we have yeah. a few hairy roof sections now after we get a few things fixed and trying to make the same time. we... Um, we were definitely uh, pushing on a few of them as well. Yeah. And like Seb, you know, you've mentioned it a few times, the guys that was involved in keeping this show on the road, like they deserve a special shout out for the amount of effort they put in as well. Oh, they do. Those those lads, like, yeah, I could have kissed them at times. Uh, whether they appreciated it or not, I'm not too sure. <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah, honestly, they just it was really special. Like they knew how much work's going to this car, obviously they worked on it, and then the work they put in on the event was was second to none. Like we had um we had a crown wheel problem and a clutch problem um on day four. So we found a workshop in Carlisle. We got some guys coming up from back home, bringing parts up. They drove up and then they, the boys fitted them through the night. They got in at like half five in the morning and then they were back out on an hour and on an hour's sleep. So they were just, they were in it as much as we were. And it was really special to have that sport. And you just knew that they'd do anything for you. And yeah, it's really, really nice. And I think that's what that car does sometimes. I think it's, it's, it's really infectious and, sort of you're in it at that point and you've got to keep it going no matter what and that's i suppose that's part of rowing as well that's for sure that's for sure and like yeah i suppose we'll start wrapping up like you know uh, you know now that you've seen you know the 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 live stream and all that you know since the event and the amount of coverage the rally has got like this was taken to a whole new level this has really raised the bar oh without a doubt yeah um uh, we're all, as I said, we didn't know much about the whole thing at the time of the live stream. And we, you know, obviously, we were being interviewed at the end of the stage and stuff. But when we got a bit of time now, uh, after coming home to see what was going on, the effort went in for that rally. Um, and it was just unbelievable. The, the, the coverage was really cool. Matt Cotton and his, uh, at the end of the stages, he was on the ball. He knew what was going on. He, he knew about all the battles. And um, um, Paul uh, Z. Woodford, the guy there who's really into the stratus as well and he was doing the, the live set it was brilliant very very good yeah yeah i think sam you know this was back to the you know the old top gear of the 80s and early 90s and one thing or another i mean you probably don't remember these like, things you know as old as me but like uh, he even won full retro uh, you know in the uh william willard shirt and tie and the the retro jacket and all on like paul woodford i think and, and matt as well really made this event something else they did it was yeah it wouldn't have been the same without those guys doing the doing the reviews and then the day, you know, stage reviews and stuff. It just really, really made it and and brought brought rallying to everyone as well. And that's what you that's what you want, you know, especially especially an event like that where it's you know it's it's in all sorts of different places. The weather's bad. It's not the best thing to go out spectating, even though we saw so many people spectating. Actually, to bring it to people as well is so important. And I think it, what really made the rally as well with with some of the top names in it as well. Yeah, and I think before we finish up, does prep for twenty twenty five start now? Then it's already started. The engine's <laughs> coming out of the car. It's already been blasted. I had, um, as I um, I was fairly, uh, I was fair. I had a fairly steady day on uh, on Tuesday, so I walked up, and some of the boys that didn't go on the rally were there, and and they had the car out of the trailer, starting to blast blast it off already, already straight day after the rally, and. Yeah, it was a bit sad to see her sort of being towed behind a buggy, pulled onto the wash bay. I'm not going to lie, but um, yeah, it's um, we've got some work to do before 2025. That's for sure. Hopefully, it's going to be ready uh, for March for Rally Mallorca, uh, which we plan to do. So let's see. Hopefully, the engine isn't too bad, but it was just it was just a case of trying to get it get it somewhere safe and and get it pulled up. But yeah, it's a real shame. And, and that sort of 24 valve engine is really special as well. There was a bit of um confusion online i think so i'll get it clear i'll, I'll keep, keep having to tell everyone but they so there's a few 24 hour valve engines that are an uh, alfa romeo engine um this is in fact a, a lancia 
engine, which was built by Ferrari for Lancia. So this is a, a proper Lancia 24-valve engine, um, sort of as it was in the day, you know, obviously correct to, correct to period regulations as well. But yeah, um, there was a lot of people thought it was Alpha and Alpha engine, Ayabusu, all sorts of weird and wonderful things. But it is a proper uh, Ferrari Lancia 24-valve engine. Yeah, and the, this, you know, that was this that would give the problem on that very last stage. You know, like there was a report went round that you were off and one thing or another. It was, you know, you just drove as far as you could. could. There's like a video out there with smoke and steam coming out the back, and then you just had to pull down. It's just quite enough. Yeah, it was, and yeah, unfortunately, it was just it, there's there's sort of a two Achilles heels on that car. One is the gearbox, which we had uh, on on the evening of day four. And then uh, the other one's a water pump belt. And it's just really allocated by the wheel, by the exhaust. And we've had problems with them in the past. And it just it just stung us and broke. And that's that. And we, we're looking at options to try and improve it. But it's one of these things. It's, it's as it was trying to improve the belt or how it picks up and stuff. But... It's it's a bit of a task, especially in the polymers on gravel. Anything could have happened. It might have broke, or a stone had got in it, or something silly. We just don't know. Um, but yeah, just just incredibly, incredibly unfortunate. Um, you talked about uh, you talked about twenty five there. Yeah, we had a promise uh, where we broke down eventually after driving for miles slowly. We pulled in at this junction, and there was three or four really good marshals there, really boys on the ball, and the. We obviously left up the, the rear clan to see what had went wrong and uh, they helped us as much as they could. They were trying to get us going again, but the damage was done at that point. We couldn't drive up further, but uh, we had a promise to them that we'd be back in 2025 with the straddle. So, uh, <laughs> uh, hello, hello to them, the boys out there, the yeah. up there to watch this. They were so helpful. And uh, as I say, we had promised to them that we'd be back in 2025 with the straddles. A uh, huge thank you to Seb and Gary for coming on. Uh, you know they're absolutely gutted, uh, and you know I I definitely can't wait to see that Stratus back out again. Hopefully it's it's repaired soon and back out on the stages. That's for sure. That's for sure. But anyway, without further ado, let's hear from some of the crews from let's say from this side they see it was over there. So uh, we'll hear from Robert Woodside, Alan Harriman, Dean Beckett, Brian Jardine, Fent McGrady, Davy Burns, and Declan Campbell as well. You know and. They also came to have a really epic rally as well, too. So, yeah, enjoy this chat as well. Robert, mm-hmm. yeah, out in the Porsche, uh, historic event, a historic car. You had a great run. Yeah, we did. Um, if you had asked us multiple times during the event, we might not have agreed with that. But <laughs> at the end of it, uh, our ambition was always to, to finish in the top 10 after the first ambition, of course, of getting to the finish which is not guaranteed in this event. So uh, we, we ended up, yeah, in summary, it was probably a great run, but didn't quite feel like it along the way. So. <laughs> and, and then you were in the passenger seat. Like, you know, what what was, you know, the, 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 the kind of event that throws everything at you? Was it the, the what made you want to go and do that event? That's probably what I'm getting at. Is it the, the adventure of it? Well, I think certainly the adventure of it um, is, is is a big attraction. Um, when Robert phoned me, I think I had a, like a four millisecond, yes, please, I would love to do it, um, which is uh, unreal. But I think I think from the point of view that listening to Fitton over the, over the last while and listening to the stories from other guys, um, I mean, it, it, it just sounded so amazing and uh, tricky, difficult, back in the woods, um, 
wee bit of unknown stuff. I mean, some of the guys that we were competing against, obviously, know those woods like the back of their hands. Um, when take the Wales guys out up to Scotland, it might have been different for sure, but vice versa. But it was it was just unreal crack, you know. Yeah, and like David, I think that's probably you know what I've took from a lot of talking to a lot of people about it and listening to you know watching the online stuff and all. Is the crack, you know, it's a, you know, it's competitive rally. Yes, everybody wants to, you know, do their best, and everybody wants to win. But it's back to the old days. It's all that, you know, the camaraderie between all the drivers, the co-drivers, and all there as well. I think that's what you say. Just Kevin, the camaraderie is really among all the crews. One thing, like certainly competing at home, you get that very competitive against everyone. But because it's five days, everybody wants to do something for everyone, and as much as. Like one example we had, we came out of the forest on, I think it was a Sunday night, and everybody was dying to get to the toilet as you are and stuff like that. Stopped the car and Black Dark got out, went to the toilet, got back in, and we hadn't even got the car started. And Steve Bannister pulled up beside us and basically said, He's all right, lads, because the car was sitting in darkness. It was basically going to tow a rope out to get us towed out to, to meet the chase crew and stuff like that. But I think it's just overall, you know, everybody wants to help everybody. Everybody wants to try and see everyone finish to the end. We're all in this together, if you like. And, it's just, it's the big challenge of it. And it's basically to do just because it's such a, a long uh, duration event. It's more a marathon than anything else. Um, those that certainly rush off at the start line all, uh, unfortunately, fell by the wayside, if you like. But um, no, I think it's unbelievable that, that to pull everybody together, if you like, um, just uh, on what that does. Um, and like you're, you were talking to people from Belgium, France, Everybody's equal and everybody just wants to do whatever they can. They would throw struts or calipers or half shafts or whatever you needed. Uh, as far as even I was struck for a battery at one stage and I think it landed from, from Belgium out of a chase vehicle uh, and, and to help us out like so it did. But no, it was unbelievable. And like Brian, from your point of view, you know, the Mark One, you know, yeah, you've built up this year and, you know, you've done a few events to, you know, get yourself in the frame of mind for this event and all. But like, does that never prepare you for the, the RAC? No, absolutely not. We're only used to just doing we one day events and small rallies like five mile town and uh, bushwhacker and stuff. So never really competed in anything as big as this went out in 19, just and done the Clubman event and sort of got the taste for the, the English, you know, force and really enjoyed it and said I had to get back sometime. And like the car, you know, performed, you know, yeah, you had a few wee issues, but nothing too drastic over the week. No, the car was faultless to be honest, so it was, we had no no real issues. We changed the gearbox once just for precaution, as there's a slight weight from a sail, you know, but oh, not no, Jerry Buckley, now he made a serious job, you know, of the car. He they put the engine in the box and stuff in it at the start of the year for five mile town, and it broke away in the second last stage, and so no one finished that, but every other event from it just finished every event, so. Yes, we had a great run there. Brilliant, brilliant. And Fenton, from your point of view, not your first time there, but you know, uh, as Dean mentioned there, you've been singing the praises of this event. Like, good to go back? Absolutely brilliant. Uh, it's, it's a long endurance event and you've got to be prepared for it. Uh, the last time I did it, I hired a car and uh, in comparison to this time, this time, even though the result wasn't as good because we had alternator issues on the first night, uh, at, the, at the end of the day, uh, it was much more fun taking my own car because we took our own people and the crack was good and it was really, we went with the right attitude, we went with the attitude, let's have fun first and no matter what, let's try to get to the end of this. 
Uh, one thing I would say about the organisers, Colin Hebblestead, it's his mission to get everybody to the end, no matter what problem you have. He, he will do his best to get you to the end. And uh, as, as, as was said earlier, everybody, everybody's there and will help everybody else. Like We got a petrol tank delivered from Squires up in Carlisle. Uh, we got alternators delivered from Sherwood. It was just, I mean, things just appeared. People wanted to help. Even people that weren't involved in the event. Uh, Mark Solway met us along the way with bits and pieces as well uh, at a fellow station on, uh, on, on the way up to Carlisle. So it is amazing even people that have nothing to do with the event are not at the event. They will always want to help you. So a fantastic, a fantastic effort. What, I suppose what really captured my imagination was the, the huge crowds that, that was there for the, the start and, and, and right throughout the whole event. This event this year seemed to really capture the imagination of not just you know the the, the, the spectators but the drivers you know with Chris Meek and Oliver Solberg and all that. What was that like to be there at that start line in Carmarthen? It was unreal when you come down to that ceremonial start. When you we thought the crowd was big leading down to it. When you turned the corner, it was just unreal. Like for I haven't seen that in years with anything. Yeah, it was like the big RACs of the eighties. Used to see the starts off in Chester and stuff, and there was as big, the crowds were as big as that. And then when you got to Wales the next day, I couldn't get over the crowds. Mm -hmm. Unreal. Yeah, and like that continued right throughout because like Scotland, there was huge crowds up around Kielder and all that too. It's it had you know, and this was like a scene that, you know it's, it's captured really with you know BBC you know different mainstream media were covering the event that, towards the end as well too, which is fantastic to see. Yes, without, without a doubt. It, it, it seemed to capture the imagination this year. And it seems that, well, I was only there as a spectator before, but it was far bigger from what I've seen this year than before. Like. Mm -hmm, for sure, for sure. And like, Alan, you know, these other guys are all saying about, you know, the, the way everybody pulled together to get people through. Like, you said your fair share of trouble, but like, the team made this happen. The team kept you going. The organisers, you know, got behind you, pushed you, you know, to get you, keep you going. Like some other events would have, would have almost turned the nose up at you at that stage. But no, get back out here, get going again. That's the beauty about the event. That's why uh, Tony loves to do it because of that fact that you're. They want you to stay in the event, even though like, after a mile and a half, I thought that was it over. I thought that. We need a new engine, but then it turned out, you know, once you look inside it, well, it just needs a wee bit of work to the cylinder head. The boys can fix it, and you're allowed to restart. Mm -hmm. But it's such a completely different ethos of rallying, and to be part of it. And as Declan was saying there, the ceremonial start. I haven't seen the likes of that since Rally Ireland, and what was that 2007? Mm -hmm. You know, the people that were around, the the crowd control didn't exist. There was no police there, but everybody was happy, friendly, you know, sticking programs in through the window. There were school kids out there, you know, nine o'clock at night. It, it was just a really good, wonderful experience. Yeah, and, and it was a Wednesday night. It wasn't even the weekend. That, you know, people yeah. had to make that effort to go out and do that. Yep. Funny, the thing, you were going up to Wales on the Friday and the boys were all test this. You were going by schools and all the children were out at the side of the road waving yeah. with the teachers. Yeah. Like, where do you ever see that? Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, like that—that's just class, isn't it? And like, I, I, I seen the some of the schools, and was it Lumpter? Um, Marion Evans uh, came out and said that the uh, the headmaster of that school 
brought them to the RAC from there where he was at school there too. So like, <laughs> it must be real. It must be dyed into them. the seed in them for the future. For sure. For sure. Uh huh. That's the, proper education. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Same education as what he had. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Yeah, and like Robert, I don't know where you get a chance to catch up with the coverage that you know the the guys put on between special stage and Matt and Bakes, and it was out of this world. It's like it has really raised the bar for coverage of on events. Yeah, I haven't really seen much. Um, it, it's a funny event because it's sort of when you're in the event, there's a, you're it, it is actually quite insular. You don't really get a, a feeling or a sensation of what's going on. You don't really see many other competitors because you're always on the move, and you don't get cut. Like I get catching up with friends at the at the very end of the event that, that that have been doing the event since the start. Um, quite funnily, actually, our our teammate um, Federico from Italy, um, the the final evening of the rally, he came over and gave me a big hug and said, "I can't believe that you've been my teammate for five days and we haven't even met each other." <laughs> and it was because we literally, you know, even though we went through scrutiny, we signed on and right through the whole event, but because you're always moving. But from the media coverage, anybody I've spoken to has said that it's been really enjoyable to follow, very informative. Um, my my brother-in-law messaged me last night to say it was the first rally he has watched in a long time where he actually understood everything that was going on all of the time. And, uh, you know, it was, there was good coverage and good coverage right through the midfield and the, mm -hmm. the later guys. So, you know, the modern day coverage is, is only about the top three or four guys. And those are the guys that are always going to be there. But the midfield and, and lower guys are the guys that have to really, really dig into their last their last corner of the drawer to get the, the, the budget to do such a, a, a big and difficult event. So it's great that everybody get coverage on it. That's for sure. That's for sure. And like David, I seen you mentioned earlier there too about you know the the coverage the event got and you know that that will open up doors for you know other competitors. You know if now you go knocking at the door in two years time looking to get the budget again, you'll be able to say you know this fantastic coverage. Like there was some of the stages there was two cameras on a drone and then the stage end interviews. Like that's 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 even better than world class. Oh totally. Look and and at the end of the day we had, I was fortunate enough that. <laughs> We were sitting actually on, I think it was the Glen Gerard stage in, in Scotland with a bad compression jump that everybody was giving off. And I had got a message from home to say, be careful over the compression jump at the start of the stage. Everybody's complaining about it. And it's like, where would you get that on a, mm -hmm. on a, on a clubman event? But um, lots of friends um, had been messaging me and some were unable to obviously get across and stuff like that. And they were really saying it was, right, do you go across and get cold and listen to the sounds and the roars of all the cars through the forest at night or actually sit and watch all the live streams and nearly everyone that I've been talking to has nearly watched all of the live streams over the weekend and, and felt that they were actually part of it. So look, what they've been able to do, how they've been able to get the service coverage, because I know places that mm -hmm. I had no phone service at all, but how they've been able to transmit at the end of the stages was unbelievable. But just what Robert was saying, like there was such a an effort made to, to, to make the lower crews and, and it takes everybody in that rally to enter to make that event successful as opposed to the heavens does and from a finance point of view but everybody is treated equal you know you've actually made it through that stage so you're a winner if you like so and it's not necessarily about maybe where you make place I think it's that hang on I've actually drove over the finish line of every stage or whatever and mm -hmm. um, it's equal as important for sure, for sure. And like uh, Brian, from your point of view too, like you know, you probably appreciate that too because like 
that's a huge effort to get you there and to be able to you know fully in the wheels right tracks of you know martin mccormick or oliver solberg or whoever like that's you know that that in football terms is like run down at uh old trafford ranfield or whatever you know yeah no doubt we really enjoyed it we had a great road position we were uh second last in the 1600s so then there was a uh, just weaver behind me and then a 10 minute gap and then marty mccormick so i probably got the best crowd so i did at the start of it they're all there waiting and the big boys coming so they seem to be mark one coming up through it so they did so, yeah we had a brilliant brilliant event and i really enjoyed it yeah and the, what what was the stages that stood out for you was there a particular area that you really enjoyed I not really enjoyed the, the Wales, you know, it was good and wide, you know, I enjoyed it. And then the wee tight ones in Scotland, a bit more like five mile town and home, you know. So, we, you know, we've got a good view of all the stages, you know, you know, wide on now. So we did enjoy them all now. So it's good to see, you know, the different types of stages and stuff too, you know. Mm-hmm. And the bigger stages, you know, the 10 and 16 mile, you know, we obviously the first time ever doing anything like that, you know, I'd say probably seven, seven mile probably was about the most I've ever done before, so. Mm-hmm. It's good to get the bigger stages and we're getting on to them because the roads were open, you know, and faster and you were, you know, traveling, you know, more miles, you know, it was taking you less time to do the stages. We're at home, you know, we three and four miles, it nearly takes as long because they're so tight, you know, but now we really enjoyed them, now, brilliant stages. Mm-hmm. And the, the, this, you know, the, the, the length of the stages, that is something that I picked on over the weekend too. This was going back to, you know, days of old, you know, like a 17 mile stage was almost a short stage. Absolutely. I mean, I had absolutely no bloody idea what that big one was going to be like. I had no clue. But at the end of it, it just went like a blur. It just flowed. It happened. Um, very interesting the way the whole thing was put together, that last one. And, and there was always a few doubts as to whether it would run and would there be enough people off at you know, particular times and how the hell do they run it? But uh, it, it worked really well. And um, I think I think on one of the last six rights over the crest, Robert, you remember the OK, OK one? Mm-hmm. Uh, he started having a conversation with me about it because it was just an unreal uh, sort of section of that particular log stage. And it just kept going and going. So, yeah, it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, 38 miles, like, the bushwhacker, I think, is like 40 miles long or something, you know, for, for a whole day. And this was one stage. True, true. Uh, and, you know, and it, and it worked. And um, I think, again, from the organizer's point of view, you know, to have the marshals where they should be in the right place. And we had no issues with spectators. And at one point going through the evening, um, I think we sort of classed it as it was you know, like a an escort graveyard. God help the guys, you know, they were all off. We were coming around corners and there was steam coming out of cars. And there was people slowing us down. Um, unfortunate for them because it's not nice to see anybody going off and, and, you know, on any stage. But uh, it was just an unreal experience for sure. Yeah. And like Declan, you know, the, you know, Killer Kilder like, lived up to his reputation as well too. Like the, uh, like, you're trying to think, the Sunday morning. Like the the stage there, like uh, just uh, guys were coming to the end, and this guy's off, this guy's mm-hmm. off. You know, I remember back in the eighties watching, you know, the Top Gear reports, and this killer killer, like it was the the thing of mystery. Like, is it something else? Is it pinch yourself moment when you're sitting in the middle of all that as well? Killer's just an unreal forest. I think we're both like it. I think we're all like it. Uh, we were over a couple of weeks before, or well, a month before doing the Carlisle stages was run through Kildare. And I think that Rick Forest would have to be, I would say, the nicest forest I was ever in. 
But well, it's unreal. Like we went out on Sunday morning and it was icy. We were running as as Brian was saying there at the front, and it was icy. And we come out over a crest and we landed on ice and a big moment down, you know, on the ice. And it sort of that's everybody seemed to a lot of them seemed to go off in that stage and slide off the road. But that's part and parcel of Kielder. Like you know, it's mm-hmm. it was unreal. And then get Kielder in the dark, which that was unreal. Yeah. <laughs> big long stages in the dark. Where are you ever going to get that again? No, for sure. For Hopefully sure. nowhere. <laughs> 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 and like Fenton from you, you know, like I don't know, how do you prepare to go into a forest at night? Like is there eat your carrots for a week before or how you know or is it just total trust in the what the the co driver calls to you? All that too, yeah. I, I think what stands by me is 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 my history going back to the Circuit of Ireland, the dark nights. The Partree Mountains over in Galway, eighteen miles stays there in the fog and the mist, uh, and, and it brought it, it brings a whole lot back to me from my early days of rallying. Uh, from a navigator's point of view, um, I was blessed in that Cormac, my son, is adapted and he's young and he's able for it. Uh, but yes, you need you, you need to watch your notes, you need to be careful, and you need to exercise caution because it's such a long, long event. And Kielder in itself is 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 an interesting place in that if you do slide off, you're in a shock. And yet coming back out again. Uh, and, and this happened to me on Sunday night in the dark. We, we slid off the road. We looked at each other and said, whoops, that's it all over. And 10 seconds later, there was an army of, I call them professional spectators, <laughs> armed, with, armed with ratchet straps and tow ropes. <laughs> three minutes, within three minutes, my car was back up on the road. And they were yeah. shouting, go on, go on. <laughs> so our, our, our rally was over. Only, only for those guys, but they were standing there waiting on Fintan McGrady because uh, that, that was their excitement. That was that was over there. For their day. <laughs> He's coming now. That's the note. This is the we're talking about spectators. I don't know if you've noticed how some of the spectators got to some of the locations. Having looked at some of the maps and stuff like that, you were going through sixteen mile stages, and nearly every mile. There was two or three lunatics standing, okay, with high vis vests on them, and it was great to say, right, okay, that's the corner down there and things like that. But the, the spectators through the stages, some of those guys put some effort in to get in where they were going. It was unbelievable yeah. there. Yeah. Walk miles. Walk miles. Did, did you not smell the bacon and egg on your way by? <laughs> <laughs> staying over some of them. Some of them were staying overnight in those forests. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin, a, a funny thing I noticed um, just when we're on the topic of spectators, I thought I would mention it. We we obviously started in the south of Wales and you're in a different land. You know, we flew out and drove over and, and you're, the Camarthen we already talked about. But we eventually end up after a couple of more or less all-nighters in the middle of uh, Dumfries at a service park. And I hadn't really thought too, too much about it until I opened the car door at the service in control. And the first thing was a Northern Irish marshal female marshal. Then there was about 20 Northern Ireland um, boy rally boys you know, sticking their head in the window. How are you getting on? How are you getting And it was, I said to Dean, it was the most surreal experience. You would swear you just landed back in Northern Ireland to do a local rally. And everywhere you went, every junction, there was boys hanging out waving at you. Every service, they were sticking their head into the car. And it was, you know, it didn't really put it together until obviously we were only, you know, half an hour from Stranara. And I remembered a lot of the guys saying they were coming over. 
but it was it was literally like landing in. It was a real lift for me. To I was like just doing a home rally all of a sudden. All the boys were out. I was having not really seen many guys for the previous couple of days in Wales. It, uh-huh. it was a it was a fantastic experience. Excellent, excellent. And like Alan, you know, Tony, that you were uh, you know your your driver. Um, that was like he was blown away with this. You know the the the, the welcome he received. You know this is his second time now competing there, and like it just seemed to be like wandering about talking to everybody and it just seemed to love the whole atmosphere of it all. Well sure he's a professional PR guru. Yeah. That, that's his dream. Um that was his big event. That's what he looks forward to every couple of years. He he, he clues himself up, he gets the sponsors on board and he gets the PR people behind him and he just milks it. Milks yeah. it for every sec. And you know, he loves it. Yeah. And he loves the fact that, you know, Chris Oliver Chris Ingram, Seb, they were all there. He was able to mingle with them, you know, get little interviews with them. Yeah. And to be part of it, you know, him and his little adventure, mm-hmm. which is his car, you know, he pays for it out of his own pocket, loves every second of it. Yeah. And the, the, the positive, positive vibe that that puts to, gives out to, you know, beyond rally, and then he'll put that out then, and there'll be people, F1, people see that as well too, and see how good rallying is. Yeah, and not only that, the sponsors he brings in, you know, are not even motorsport people most of the time. They're just, you know, like the the Trad Oak company, the Sustain Fuel. Like, who knows what that's going to do for historic motorsport, just being able to have a fuel that you can buy and put in your car without any any problems with it. So for him, yeah, he's, he's gone home. Okay, it wasn't a perfect event. But he's gone home very happy. Excellent. Well, I think we'll start wrapping it up. So I think you know the the best thing maybe the way of wrapping it up is to you know what is your one abiding memory from the RAC rally if you want to put it in one word or one one section you know so maybe we'll start with Declan. What's your one abiding memory of the event? It's just a marathon event. It was on the rail. It's just, it was a dream to do. So uh, yeah. And Al, your thoughts now? Stratospheric. <laughs> Very good. Good words. Good words. <laughs> Fenton will put you on the spot now. Epic. Mm-hmm. Inverted commas. Epic. Yeah. Uh, Brian, it. your thoughts on it? Uh, team effort. Mm-hmm. Definitely team effort. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, David. I would say, look, clubman, world class, um, just because it it just lifts everybody to a. You know, a different level to the point that you think you know you're competing in. Look, it's our own mini WRC nearly to the point you know we all wanted to do. But I think it's that overall marathon thing. It's a challenge. None of us have done safari. We'd love to do safari and stuff like that, but I think that's our safari. Excellent. And Robert, final word to yourself. Um, I've always known of the RAC from I was no age, and it's amazing when you mention somebody you're doing the RAC. Everybody understands it. They don't maybe know what it is, but uh, the word that I would use to describe it would be legendary because it just it, it is one of those events. You know, it's it's it just it's it's it just is legendary. So thanks to that gang of lads there too. You know, um, put them on the, a wee bit on the spot there, getting them to describe the the rally in one word or one phrase, but. The, uh, some of them words like Alan Harriman, stratospheric, what can we say, you know, that just really encapsulated the RAC to me. So that's the RAC special. Uh, can you please like, 
uh, share, rate, subscribe, all those things. Keep doing what you're doing. Gratefully appreciate it as always. So until next time, take care, speak soon and bye. <laughs>